Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. journeying through this text for almost two months and it has been a long trek that's why I'm wearing my checkered flag shoes today because we're almost done and part of the reason why we've been spending so much time in this text is because it is important this is a text that tells you exactly what to expect out of Jesus own mouth on the day of judgment the day of resurrection when we all will have our new spiritual bodies and we get to discover what our future is. Will we be sheep or will we be goats? Unfortunately, most of us don't stop and think on a daily basis that we are making that decision now. We decide right now whether we will be sheep or goats. And I sent the children to meet some live sheep and goats. There's two sheep and two goats outside in our parking lot. They've been very nicely trimming the lawn this morning. And if you want to go see them, I would tell you to go see them. First of all, they're just simply delightful. And it's a pleasure to have living, breathing examples of holy text. I'm working on a donkey. But right now we have sheep and goats. And Jesus is telling us in this story exactly why we need to be at work that there are things for us to do because the world where human beings have free choice and a world where we can enact our will and sin and bring forth evil encounters hunger and thirst nakedness and unwelcome people we encounter sickness and we encounter prison And we could sit here and as the youth saying, just go, God, you should do something about this. You're all powerful. You tell us that you are good and that you are mighty. So why don't you fix it? And God on high goes, I did. I created you. Every single one of us has been knitted together in the wombs of our mothers. And God has infused us with the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit specifically to do this work, to tend to those who are in need, to assist the great shepherd in caring for the flock of all humankind. And that's a tall order. That is not something that any one of us are going to be able to do. It's going to take all of us. But I'll tell you what, I have noticed that here in the body of Christ, in Crozet United Methodist Church, we can do some amazing things. For instance, last week when we were talking about visiting the prisoner and we had asked if out of the generosity of your time and your resources and quite frankly your baking talents, you could bake cookies, we needed 100 dozen cookies. It's a lot of cookies. You responded by baking 124 dozen cookies. It's an insane amount of cookies. Just thinking about it, I am voraciously hungry. And I'll tell you what, I could never have done that. First of all, I don't bake, so that's just not going to happen. 
the last time and the time before that and the time before that, and I'm, quite frankly, I think any time I myself ever tried to bake cookies, I eat so much of the dough that I have only like enough to make one big cookie, and it never bakes right. I don't know how that works, but it's obviously not working, so I just don't even do it anymore. So no, I could not have baked a hundred dozen cookies, but y'all did. You did it. Now, I could just say, like many people probably would, I know that someone else is going to bake cookies. So it's okay if I don't bake cookies, or it's okay if I said I was going to bake a couple dozen and I didn't, because there's always some overachiever who's going to bake twice as much as they said they would. And so I'll be covered. But what happens in life, because it's going to come as a great shock to you, but there are sinners in the church, is that somebody will say, well, I couldn't get to it, so I didn't bake my two dozen, and, and somebody will cover me. But if everybody starts to say, I didn't bake my two dozen and somebody will cover me, there's no way that the good Samaritan who does ten dozen is going to cover all of us. We all have to work together. We all have to participate. We all have a role and a job and a duty and a divine call to be at service. And now we recognize that there's a diversity of service. For instance, like I said, you don't want me baking anything for you. That is not where my God-given talent lies. However, if it were where my talent lies, and I decided not to use my talent for the glory of the kingdom and to help those who were in prison, then I would be failing as a Christian. It's possible. You can fail at this. Because it is more than just, I believe in Jesus Christ. That's like 90% of it right there. However... Jesus says, if you love me and you believe in me, then you will serve. You will do this. Because love and faith are not just warm, fuzzy feelings that we contemplate at Christmas. They are the fuel, the ignition of a faith in action that does all of the things that good sheep were meant to do. I wasn't kidding when I told the children that sometimes it can be difficult to figure out the difference between sheep and goats. Because I've been immersing myself in sheep and goat culture the last two months. And I'll tell you what, as a girl from Northern Virginia, there's a lot I didn't know, like everything. I didn't know anything about sheep and goats. And so I started looking at this, and one of the biggest ways that you can tell the difference between a sheep and a goat is their eating habits. Their eating habits are a better indication than visuals, because there are both sheep and goats who have horns. There are both sheep and goats that have shaggy coats. There are sheep and goats that come in a variety of colors and a myriad of sizes. And so you'll never know just by looking at them if you're accurate, unless you're trained in that. And so for those of us who are laypersons and sheep and goats, you have to watch them eat because sheep are grazers. The shepherd leads them to a place where food is plentiful and they band together and they eat together and they may kind of circle around the edges, but they're not going to just wander right off because they actually get anxiety if they leave the, the flock. They are created to stay together. And we actually saw this earlier. One of our church members had their dog and the goat was like, bring it. And the sheep were like, no, 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 no. And so the sheep, all they kept doing was huddling closer and closer together. All they wanted to do was stay together and feel the presence of the other one. When they felt threatened, they gathered. And the goats were like, all right, I'm going to take this side, I'm going to take this side, I'm going to just 
crash. And the goats were all like, come on, bring it. And the sheep were like, I don't want to fight. We're pacifists. You've got to pay attention to how people act. You've got to pay attention to whether you're a sheep or a goat. So grazers, they stay together. They don't eat the grass until it's completely dead. But the shepherd will move them around to ensure that they have fresh water, to ensure that they have the food that they need. And that's the way sheep are. And the whole time they're eating, the whole time they're living, they are doing something selfless. They are growing wool. And they will grow this wool, and then they will get sheared, and that wool will go to clothe the naked, and then they will immediately get to work on growing more wool. They never retire from growing wool. They never go, well, I'm on summer break, not growing wool for two months. That never happens. Day in and day out, even when they sleep, they grow their wool. They are so committed to serving this world through the production of wool. Now, goats... Goats are what are known as browsers. Goats like to walk around and go, I'll have a little bit of this, and I'll eat a little bit of that, and I'll strip the bark from that tree. And what they end up doing is being destructive eaters. They come in and take just what they want, but they don't consume completely, and they don't leave something alone completely, and so they can often kill things. And they're escape artists. Just when you think you've got it, they're like, nope, leaving. Does this sound familiar? So the goat says, you know, I really want this in my diet and this in my diet. And I really don't care who has to eat here and live here. I'm just going to come in and I'm going to eat what I want and then I'm going to ditch. We are not called to be goats. We're called to be part of the flock. We are called by the great shepherd to stay together and to be together for our comfort, for our safety, but most assuredly, so that we can thrive and do more together than we ever could as one. This is who we are called to be. Incredible sheep. And I love goats. I mean, I, anytime there's any goats anywhere, I will slam on brakes and like almost kill Clifton to get out of the car <laughs> to see goats. I love goats. However, as much as I love goats, I know that I am not called to be a goat. I'm called to be a sheep in the flock of the great shepherd. I'm called to be part of the most prolific herd humankind has ever seen so that together we will do more things than we ever could alone. And we see that. We catch glimpses of it. We know that that greatness is here. We have pictures that I want to show you from Impact Richmond. And so we had 29 youth go to Impact Richmond. And you can see they're in the back of a truck. This is not how I spend my vacation. I just want you to know this. But look, they're in the back of a truck. I don't do things that involve face masks. I don't really like to cover my mouth. Here they are using tools, and they're not fixing a broken high heel. I mean, they're in a basement. They're getting grungy. They cleaned out a hoard that someone had. And they built this. None of, there's not a pair of shoes I own that are appropriate for any of the pictures that you've seen. They did things that are incredible. They went to Richmond in the hottest part of the summer on their summer vacation and gave up a week to do that kind of stuff. I call that purgatory. They call it service. And they're right. That's what it looks like. 
And I watch them. I watch them go, and then I watch them come home, and they come home exhausted, and some of them come home like completely unkept because they've been sleeping in less than ideal circumstances. They eat well, but they sleep in less than ideal circumstances, and they work hard, and they spend all day praying and working and fellowshipping in the midst of that. And then they come back here, and some of them are so exhausted, they really can't even stand. They just kind of like roll into their parents' car. And they go home and have a really nice, well-deserved coma. And then they get back into life. And do you know what they say as soon as they get back? Can't wait to do it again next year. You kidding me? You all look tired. Nope, going next year. Excited. After I sleep. And they do, because they have not developed the adult attitude that says, you know what, I'm really busy. I got TPS reports I got to do. I can't be messing with y'all. They haven't gotten to that point yet. They haven't said to themselves, I get four weeks of vacation, and God knows I ain't using it on Jesus. They don't say that. Instead, they say, this is what I'm called to do. This is what God has gifted me to do. I have the stamina and the ability to get through this week and do this, and I'm going to do it because Jesus said, go and do. And thank God that they do. Because in the church, we raise our children to be youth who go and do these things so that one day they will become productive adult disciples and they will lead others into doing these things. However, if we ourselves do not model it as adults, guess what? When they get to be adults, they're going to go, I'm not staying here. I'll go where people do these things. And there are many organizations that do these things and do them very well. But more and more, there are organizations that do these things without the name of Jesus Christ. More and more, there are incredible 501c3 organizations that do charitable, altruistic things. And Jesus is nowhere to be seen, much less named. So it matters when Christians get involved in ministry and missions. It matters when adults model what it looks like. Because you and I have been graced by God with the ability to do things. And we have been called very specifically and explicitly to do them. And if we won't, then how much more suffering will there be? And we will soothe ourselves by saying, well, at some point over the next week, I'm sure I will pray about it. We will soothe ourselves by saying, I know that there are people in our church who will go. And yes, in your bulletin, we're adults who went to impact Richmond. But studies tell us, and I've been reading about it ever since 2000, that 10% of a church does all the work. 10%. And we here are an active congregation of 350 persons. 350 persons that regularly attend worship. Regularly may not be every week, but we have goals. But think about that. If 10% of our 350, that means that 35 people are doing the vast majority of the mission and the ministry of this church. Does that seem fair to you? So I'm proposing to you a shift. I'm proposing to you that instead of simply saying, I came to worship and I feasted on the word and I'm going home, that every one of us search into the depths of our being to say, what would you have me do now? 
What next can I do, Lord? Where would you have me serve? Because there are things that I shouldn't be doing. The trustees never want me mowing the lawn. I will just put weed killer on the whole thing. That is not a good fit for me. But I do know that whenever you need someone to have a visit, whenever people want to go over to Mountainside, whenever you need people to greet, I'm your girl. And so when those opportunities come, I don't wait for the engraved invitation. I say, you know what? That sounds like a good fit for me. Because I know that the book of discipline tells me, and I did covenant before God and the church to do it, that I'm not supposed to be part of the 10%. I'm supposed to be the 1% of the 10%. And I could say it's right and I should do that and that's just the way it should be. And I could say I know that if I want you all to come here that I have to set a bar here and I have to model it. And I could say that I know that, you know, pastors are supposed to uphold the highest standards of Christian living. However, I know from my experience and all that I am that I have never been more happy than when I am serving. I have never been a better me than when I am doing precisely what God created, knitted me, molded me, informed me, shaped me, and sent me to do. Nothing will ever make me feel that happy. Now, I have a vacation coming up, and I know what happens on vacation, right? You get there, and you're like, oh, I have missed you, vacation. All of the things that I'm supposed to be doing, I'm not doing, and that feels great. And day one feels awesome, and then day two still feels pretty good. Let's not lie. Day two still feels pretty good. But by about day three, I'm starting to feel lost. I feel untethered. I feel like everything that makes me who I am and makes me really good at being me is gone. And suddenly I don't feel so awesome anymore. I mean, I'm still going to have a good time on my vacation. But I know that the best part is coming home to you. Coming home to our mission and our ministry. And knowing that I'm going on vacation to rest up for round two. Because this is what we do. We are called to do this. We are called to come and have unabandoned worship. We are then called to also serve. Could it be that there are those of us who are called to worship in one service and serve in another? Could it be that there are those of us here that God has said, you have raised your children, and now I need you to help someone else raise theirs? Could it be that there are those of us here that God says, you bring such a powerful and poignant presence that there are those in our church who just need to be with you? You don't have to be the second coming of Jesus Christ to be in ministry. Thank God or I wouldn't be here. Instead, you just have to want to be there at the second coming. And if you want to serve, then God will not only equip you and empower you, but God will open up entire pathways for that. For this is who we are. There are plenty of people in the world that are on a buffet of life. They take what they want and they move on. We are called to something higher and holier. We are called to something that will ensure that when we are here, everyone is welcomed. Everyone is clothed. No one goes hungry. No one goes thirsty. No one languishes alone sick. And the imprisoned are not forgotten. Because we the disciples of Jesus Christ at Crozet United Methodist Church have heard the call on high and we have turned and said, 
Here I am, Lord. Send me. And may it be so, for the world suffers and languishes until those who are called go forth. Let it be done in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one now and forever. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.